No ketchup. No ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick with me. NBA trade deadline reaction recap. That's what we're doing today. What a day. What a what day. A, what a day yesterday was for the for the Bleacher Report updates, for the Twitter refresh. You had Woj and Sham going back and forth. I think Woj ended up having the upper hand, but man, what a day. I forgot how much... An NBA, an active NBA trade line will just hijack your whole day. The whole entire day. The whole day is the just, whole day is just like, shot. Yeah. I'm just sitting there. That's reading. all I want to see. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to talk NBA trade deadline. Obviously, the big boys, the Chicago Bulls, made a bunch of moves. Back me, baby. Adding another all-star in, my boy Vucevic from Orlando. We're going to get into the details on that. We're going to touch, obviously, the Bulls first. We're going to go through details, reaction, how we feel. And then we're going to go through the rest of the league and see if there's any shakeups in the East or the West. Was there a big enough deal where you're now looking at the standings? You're like, man, that might that squad might have leapfrogged this squad. So we're going to go through that. I want to get Nick's opinion on that. We'll talk East. We'll talk West. But Big Nick, the quick, first thing first. So let me ask you this. Obviously, we we probably get our news the same way. It's either Twitter or someone hitting the group message, and then you immediately jump on Twitter. When you heard – how did you hear about Vucevic? What were your initial thoughts? And um, we'll, we'll kick it off there. Yeah, so I got the little, it was early, I got the little Bleacher Report notification about the trade, and I think at the same time, uh, the group message started blowing up, and man, like, when I first saw it, um, I was like, wow, like, these dudes, they really are not messing around, like, they decided they wanted to do something, they weren't waiting to see, they made their evaluation, they were out on a couple guys, and they saw the chance to pair Zach with another all-star, and they went ahead and did it, um, you know, I think initially when I saw the two first round picks, I was like, oh, man. But thinking on it, man, I'm like, whatever, man, go get the player. Like, go get the talent in the building. No more hypotheticals. No more this pick may land in the top three. And maybe we can get this 17-year-old who's balling in Australia or something like that. Fuck that. Vucevic, he's a player. We got legitimate talent in the building. We have someone who makes us better today and tomorrow. And honestly, as far as the players we got rid of, look, man, you know how we feel about Wendell Carter Jr. here on the No Catch-Up Podcast. He is one of the most frustrating basketball players on the planet to watch. Um, and I was kind of out. I've been out on the potential of him. I just, I think mentally there's just too much he needs to overcome to make it in the Bulls uniform. So I am I was sold, man. I love it. I love making a move to try to get better. Whether or not it works out, I love making a move trying to get better. And I feel like that's what they did. And that kind of gives you a peek into how this regime thinks and acts. About action. Yeah. They're about action, man. Look, I, I tweeted this out, and I think this was – because I know initially Connor Sovis came in, and there was a little – we were actually kind of giving him some shit like, you're not firing boiling fast enough, first of all. Like, that should have been done already. But he got around to it. He got it done. 
but there was some smoke. Uh, he was getting some smoke because we felt like he wasn't making moves fast enough, or he wasn't like, "What are we doing here? We're just not going to make. We're not going to do anything in the off season." And I think he played it or ended up playing it pretty well. He sat back. He inherited a, a roster from Garpax. We we know all about right. We With a lot guys, of mistakes, we got guys making eight million dollars that are named Felicio that literally I don't know if he could play in any league wait, in the world. Wait, hold on real quick on that. Cause so we can just bury this. Yeah. Shout out Felicio for making it through all four years and $32 million of this contract. The bulls were never able to find a trade partner for him. He'll be out of the league at the end of this. And for his six years of NBA service, Cristiano Felicio made 33 and a half million dollars. So he's going to go back to Rio, kick it tough tough kick it with ronaldinho and all them boys and <laughs> <laughs> rio copa whatever you know what i'm saying yeah, and no, he's gonna fact. kick it big tough so shout out felicio the heist the the, the the biggest heist maybe ever because he actually did not play for the last three years and 24 million dollars of his contract wow i mean made it through the entire length of that deal they could not trade him never really played to warrant the deal <laughs> in the first place but got the deal and then once he got the deal yeah, it was just a fleece, bro. A, a classic heist. Shout everything, out to him, man. Great. I, you know what, man? Get your money, young man. He will absolutely never play in the NBA ever again. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. He will never play another minute of NBA basketball. He doesn't he play any it. minutes now. Yeah, doesn't play any minutes on on bad rebuilding teams. Like they won't even give him a look. Yeah, uh, they'd rather play Thad Young at center than give Felicio a look. So hey, shout out to him. They came and buy him out. He's just kicking it. You see him. You see him there every game, cheering all his teammates. Man, Shut life up. is good. He's got red bottoms on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, uh, shout out, Cristiano Felicio. Man. You, you did it, my boy. Salute, my boy. The, the, the American dream. The dream came the, over to America. I love America. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, how was America? It was great. Great. Thirty-three million kicking it, Chicago. It's great. <laughs> couldn't couldn't let the whole pod go by without. Without mentioning that, man, shout out him and his agent and the Felicio generation of families to come. Yeah, yo, the the, the generation <laughs> of families to come, oh, like that's it. that's a fact. Big tough, he's gonna get his uh, his his FC his FC Brazil jersey. He's gonna be great, man. All that, all that. Shout out, shout out him. All right, well, it's official, man. Bulls get Nikola Vucevic <laughs> and Al Farouk Amino from the Magic for Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter, and two first round picks. My initial reaction was I was elated, bro. Because, like I said, they're showing you off top. They're about action. And to finish my thought on what Karnasovas and, and, and Eversley did was, okay, they inherited this trash roster with a lot of question marks on it. But they're like, okay, I mean, we don't know anything about these guys per se. I mean, I'm a GM in the league. I know a little bit about but I don't know them day to day. I don't watch them closely like I was watching my own team, right? Mm -hmm. So... He takes the offseason. He's watching them all throughout the offseason. Well, first off, he goes and gets a real coach. He goes and gets a real coach who he's going to be able to lean on and say, hey, who are these guys can play and who, who can't? A guy who knows the league, a guy who knows stars, a guy who knows, yeah, knows how to win 100%. I, I'm close, but you're close. Shares division, yes. So he's got Billy Donovan who he trusts and, and can actually ask some straightforward, straight shooter type questions like, yo, can this guy play? So he he takes the whole offseason, takes the whole beginning of the year, and pushes it all the way up until the trade 
It's it's NBA trade deadline for the last 12 hours. And I think every single game leading up to that changed his opinion on what he was going to do. I, I wouldn't – like, there was a time where I'm thinking, like, man, if Larry could just or, – or Wendell could just put it together for, like, a week, like five games in a row, he might be able to stay. Like, I think it was that – like, the decision was that tough. You know what I'm saying? Or even moving him to the bench, which I don't know if that decision was made with him and Billy, but it's like, hey, man, let's see how this guy handles it, right? Like, is this guy going to come out and fight for his job back, or is he going to throw his teammates under the bus um, after a loss? And you saw it. Yeah, exactly. So he ends up – we end up – I think once (laughs) – the last straw – and and look, he's evaluating the whole year, but when he saw us get smacked up by Cleveland – He's like, yo, get all these bums Out of off, off the team. Yep. Like that simple as that. I don't, we don't need none of these guys on the team. Yep. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna try to move every single one of them until two o'clock. Right. That's all I'm on. I'm just gonna move all these boys. Like that's it. You want some picks? Cool. I'll give you a yep. second round. We can swap, whatever. But I'm getting all these guys that I don't think are NBA caliber players off of the team. Or even guys who I don't think fit into the locker room, right? Like Wendell's an NBA caliber player, but we've been talking about it all year. Body language is awful on the court, on TV. Like, what do you think it is behind the scenes, right? You know, he's the one getting benched and demoted, and then you have the audacity to throw your teammates under the bus. Like, bro, you are the seventh pick in the draft. You were the starting center, and you got benched. And there's nice that you're playing 16 minutes a game, and you have the audacity to talk about guys not wanting it when you literally display – some of the worst body language I've ever seen um, from a young player who's trying to learn how to play in the NBA. So I think he looked at it from a situation of can they play? Can they coexist? Are they good in the locker room? You know, on the floor, like we talk about it with Zach, right? We really, really like Zach Levine. We think he has a ton of positive traits and a ton of things that can help you win basketball games. But he also does some dumb shit from time to time. So if you're going to build around Zach Levine – you probably got to ship out some dumb shit. You can't have too much dumb shit, right? Daniel Gafford showed a lot of promise, did a lot of dumb shit. You can't have another player doing dumb shit out there with Zach Levine. So what does Karnasovas do? He says, hey, get me Daniel Tice, professional basketball player. Get me Vucevic, professional basketball player. All-star. These guys are going to come all-star. They're going to come to work every day. They're going to work hard. They're going to put in a shift. There's going to be no tomfoolery. You know what I mean? And if you're Billy Donovan, it's like, okay, now I can really build a serious roster around Zach, right? We're no longer trying to work it out with Wendell, right? We're no longer trying to see what this guy is. I've seen enough. It's not going to work out. And I'm not going to waste what I have, right, of really evaluating Zach because that's what it's all about as we go forward for the rest of the year. Let's really evaluate Zach as a franchise guy. Great way to do that. Put him next to another guy right? Another all-star and see how that works. But you got to ship out some of those problems. You can't have guys that make it more difficult for you. You can't have the Wendells in there. Again, like, yeah, it hurts to, to punt on a lottery pick, but it's not AK's pick. So get him out of here, man. Get something back. Get an all-star who you know for at least the next two to three years is going to put up numbers and give you a chance to compete. And most importantly, make Chicago look like an attractive option, right? When you start talking about guys who want to get traded, and guys request to go somewhere. Look, guys want to go play in major markets, but they want to go play with other guys. So when you have two all-stars sitting in the third largest market in the NBA, a sleeping giant, 
a storied franchise that people want to go play with, it sounds a little bit more attractive. So when Giannis, in a couple years, is looking at that Milwaukee roster and all those mistakes that they made, and he's like, man, I need to get the hell up out of here. Well, hey, man, come 70 minutes south, and we got you because we got two all-stars in the fold that you can play with, or whoever it might be that asks for that trade or wants to sign that deal. Because they want to come here, but they're not coming here to play with Zach and some potential. They're coming here to play with guys who they know can play, guys who they know share that same vision. And yeah, Booch and Levine is not KD and Kyrie, right? It's not as sexy as that, but it's two all-stars. It's 50 points a game. It's a guys that are going to give you a shot, and it's credibility. They're making serious moves. Shipping out Hutchinson, a guy who you promised a draft spot to. Literally, promised to draft him. You know who was drafted 12 spots after fuck at Hutchinson? Jalen fucking Brunson. You know who's playing 25 to 30 minutes a night and making an impact in the league? Jalen fucking Brunson. Local you know who grew too. up 20 minutes away from the United Center? Jalen fucking Brunson. You know who everybody said was going to be a good NBA player? Jalen Brunson. Jalen so Brunson just- was has had the, the moment <laughs> I saw him at Nova had – 15-year NBA career written Easy. All over, all, all, stamped on his forehead. I still don't understand in the draft <laughs> why you're taking this guy. In this, every analyst is like, yeah, this guy's going to play 15 years in the NBA, but we can't take him in the first round. I'm like, that it doesn't, that doesn't yeah, add up to I me. Follow. <laughs> I don't follow. I don't, what, yeah. what are you telling me? Take him 20, 20th, whatever, keep it moving. Yeah, he's not a lottery pick, but so stuff like that, man. So get get Hutchinson out of here. Yo, get listen. Gafford. Get all these guys out of here, man. I don't want to see these promised players, man. Get them Yo, the fuck listen. out. I had a... And like I said, and, and just to, I agree with you 100%, Nick. Connor Service is showing you that I'm getting all the guys that I don't think can play ball out, and I'm bringing them in by any means necessary. Yeah. I had a guy, <laughs> I had one of my homies text me, and he this is the only thing he said when, when he saw the, the second trade come in and we went and got Mo Wagner from Washington and Troy Brown and then ended up moving part of that for Thice. But he texted me, he goes, Chandler Hutchinson and Daniel Gafford aren't the same person. He <laughs> <laughs> thought it was Chandler Gafford. I said, I said no, but I mean, they like, if, about the like same amount on the basketball they're, court. they're pretty much they're pretty much the same person. Like, yeah. they're the same type of player. They play. They live in different styles, obviously. But in other words, we got guys on our roster that who are these dudes? You yeah. know what I'm saying? What, what is their purpose? Yeah, and you know well, what? You can find Daniel Gaffords, man. You can find seven foot rim runners um, around the league. So I mean, I don't, I don't. If anyone's crying for the potential of Daniel Gafford, like, yeah, it's fun to watch. He's the type of guy who will make some plays, and it's real tantalizing. But you, you can find that all the way down to Nerlens Noel and these type of guys. They come around; they're available. Yo, he, see, he tops out as Hassan Whiteside. The so fact. So I want to tell you this: I I am not a huge fan of Mo Wagner. Um. So when I heard that deal, I was like, I mean, it's a wash for me, like whatever, right? And Troy Brown's the guy. Troy Brown's the guy that is he's the potential guy that's been in the league for seven years. It's like, yo, this dude, man, I'm telling you, like (laughs) Yeah, Troy Brown, he's on his way. Yeah, if he can get it together, it's he's gonna be a monster. And it's like it's year nine. Um, but yeah, Troy Brown's is is in year seven. He's got potential, whatever. We'll see where that shakes. But when he then moved Mo Wagner. For Thice, he essentially went and got a guy that's a rim-running big that can actually shoot it and has playoff experience and knows how to play. He's a pro, like you said. He's a, he's a pro. Yeah, so. Not going not gonna to wow you, nothing spectacular, but his 10 to 15 minutes, he's going to make them count in the best way that he can. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you. And it's good for the locker room, I, I'm assuming, too. 
Yeah, and I don't know how much people know this, but I'm a massive Vucevic fan. Yeah. I have been calling him Euro KG. And and when I call him Euro KG, I'm talking purely on the offensive end because defensively he's not, he can't hold Kevin Garnett's jockstrap, right? But on offense, this dude is a legitimate issue. Any way you want it, he can give it to you. Yep. Stretches, can go down low, fall away, fade away. I mean, everything. Any way you like it, Vucevic can get it for you. The boy is a sharpshooter over the last couple of years. He's improved his game crazy. I love Vucevic. I think he's a major problem, and uh, he just hoops. And you're getting him out of that awful situation in Orlando where, at best, they're competing for an eighth spot, eighth seed to get swept by whoever's number one in the East, right? right? So he's coming over to Chicago. He's getting refreshed. He's going he's to come with Billy Donovan. He's never played. They were going through the list. The best player that he's ever played with was like – I. I Fournier, I think, is the best player he's ever played with. You know what I mean? Like, on that Magic roster. You know, Aaron Gordon. Like, he's never played with a player like Zach. You know, he's never played with someone who's going to be able to play in the pick and roll with like that, right? He's yeah. never had that opportunity. So, yeah, to your point, man, I mean, Sean loves Vucevic. Like, been yeah, on look, it. That's my I guy. think he's understated a little bit. But, like, I've with Sean, every couple of years, there's a Euro guy that Sean falls in love with. And, and Vucevic has been his man now. I think since that first time they played the Bulls this year, you're like, hey, this guy, this guy's one of the best players I've ever seen. So <laughs> I love it, man. Again, yeah, I love, I love the attitude of the deal. Like, yo, fuck this wait and see and like hoping for draft picks. Again, we're talking about what three straight or three out of four years picking seventh overall. And what do we have to show for it? One guy that maybe can play and two guys that couldn't, right? What? Jury's still kind of out on Laurie. He can absolutely play in the NBA. I just don't think that he's the player that he thought he would. If you look at him at a, from a different lens, like, yo, is he good? Like, yeah, he's good, right? If he's a superstar, no. Wendell, Kobe, come on, man. So you keep hoping for these draft picks, knowing you're not going to be bad enough to get number one, right? There's right. the Orlandos and the OKCs of the world who I saw a number. OKC has 34 draft picks over the next two seven years, which is insane. Um, or or two, something like that, two years. I don't know what it is. Um, there's those teams that are just going to be so bad that the Bulls will never be at that level to get number one or two, which is where you really get the difference-making guys unless you look out and fall into a Luka Doncic. So you might yeah. as well rebuild with guys who can already play in the NBA. Like I, Anybody who's panning this deal for trading these picks and saying, oh, it's going to be unprotected in 2023, it's like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Come on, hey. man, you're talking about the eighth or ninth pick. Hey, real quick, shout out White Man Can't Fuck, Seamus. I haven't talked to my boy in a minute. He is he in said, year three. He's drafted he said, in 2018. Yeah, I, could, I was. <laughs> I don't I think, know what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, Troy Brown is in year three. I was, I think I, wa- I was watching, I was watching Troy Brown in the G League, and I was talking to my guy about it yesterday. I thought he was, maybe I was tripping. I, that's a mistake on my part. Yeah. Troy Brown, year three. And listen to this stat Drew Castillo sent through. There are four players averaging 24 or 40% shooting from three. At six, uh, it's with six plus attempts, and then two of those guys played for the Bulls and Vucevic and Levine now. Yep. So, certified buckets. It's uh, hey, hey, you don't got to tell us the bull. The Bulls got cash considerations in the deal too. Of course, the White Sox. You know, Eloy <laughs> Eloy went down yesterday the other day. Man, we need to re- we need to replace that. So Jerry needed his money. He's got to pull from the piggy bank. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I love it, man. I love I love the attitude. I love the spirit. I love going out and going to get it. Like, we, we've been sitting here watching mediocrity for the last four to five years, and you got to do something. So um, I'm ready to roll. Absolutely. I, c- I, couldn't, I couldn't spend another three months watching this team 
especially uh, how they've looked after the break. So um, I'm happy. And it was one of those things, too. I want to I want to be clear on those draft picks, too. I was going through. I was reading some articles about the the picks that are the picks that are sent out that were sent out by Karnasovis are top four protected. And they're essentially top, <laughs> they're essentially top 10 protected because we would just never pick in that range kind of on the trajectory that we're in. So they're almost guaranteed to be middle of the pack. So I'm not so with them being top four protected, I'm not really worried about us giving up number sixteen in the draft. So and something I just looked at, Vucevic's contract is front loaded, meaning it decreases year after year, right? So if you look at his number, that contract it's not prohibitive for us. I mean, we're obviously going to have to extend Zach after next year, but you look at Vucevic's deal; he's making twenty six this year. 24 next year and then 22 22 and 22 23 so i mean for 22 million dollars in the last year of that deal like that's a good deal you got guys like chris middleton is making 40 yes so confirmed when guys like that are making <laughs> that kind of money yeah. I, I love it Thanks. um yeah yeah i well, mean essentially next year between those two guys levine and vucevic they're making less than 45 sheamus says what's the next move i yeah. think we all agree point guard has to be. Now you can focus in on getting a point guard, getting a primary ball handler, getting someone who's not Kobe White um, to run the show. That's their, Honestly, their biggest glaring need. I I, lit- I I I am positive that he tried his fucking best to push to move Laurie yesterday sure. because I don't think Laurie is part of the future, especially now with Vucevic. I think he did everything he could to try to move him yesterday for a point guard. He didn't want to move him just to move him, but he couldn't get anything done. I was kind of in the mood or in the spirit of, I'll take whatever we could get for Lori. I think we should have moved him regardless. You don't want to sign that extension? Uh, no, I, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna be in the ballpark. I think it's gonna be too expensive. You think it's thirty? Do you think he's getting thirty million a year? I think it's gonna be close. Yeah. I really do. I really do. I think it's gonna be like twenty-five million well, a year. There's gonna be a team who looks at him and says, "Hey, this is what we need." Yeah. A stretch the floor big who yeah i mean he's young yeah so yeah i, I think i think uh but maybe they like him man maybe they look at the roster and say hey laurie markinen yeah I, I don't know how he plays with vooch think that off defensively that's that's a nightmare yeah but yeah um i'm yeah i'm all in on them just focusing on getting the point guard yeah it has to that, be that, that is that is the move cat minus laurie that sato is about 22 million dollars yeah. So, so that's assuming have- that we don't pick up that guaranteed, uh, that non-guaranteed last year on Thad. But I think, look, man, I think them not trading Thad is a big sign. I think they like Thaddeus Young on this roster. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I think that's telling. I think he's back next year. He's going to try to get – no, he's got one contract left in his life. Who, Thad? Yeah. Well, yeah, but he's on a non-guaranteed deal next year. So the Bulls picked that up. I think it's for $12 million. Um, yeah. I'm fine with that, but yeah, you're hundred percent right. He's gonna try to cash in. Yeah. So we'll see, man. Yeah. I think we do need a point card. Point I, I, listen, if Seamus and like everybody else that's watching the bulls, there's so many situations where we just scream for a point guard. Yep. Especially with another bucket that we've added in Vucevic. I haven't heard anyone talk about Aminu. I know he is not the best pickup, but I've watched a little bit. Of him in or in Orlando and in Portland, he was in Portland for a stretch, and he he hustles. He's long. It's good for and, defense. Yeah. Any, any any you want to show him any love? 
Yeah, I mess with Al Farouk Aminu, man. I think he's one of those, uh, you know, we talk about those multi-positional defenders. Yeah. He's the type of guy you get in the playoffs and in the right matchup, Al Farouk Aminu can give you some value. But, I mean, he's not, yeah, heart, hustle, and muscle, uh, versatile, doesn't need yeah. the ball on offense. Obviously, he's going to come in there and he's going to do his job. Another professional basketball player, been in the league for a while, another yeah. veteran presence that's going to help with some of these young guys. Again, I think he wanted professionals in the building. He wanted guys that Billy can trust when he throws them in there, that Billy can trust in the locker room. And with all these weird COVID stuff right now, you think you really do need strong locker room leadership. So if you're trying to build this team and get, you know, the right habits in there, yeah, you bring in Al Farouk Aminu to go along with Thad, to go along with Sato, and to go along with other professionals like Dice. Love it. Love it, man. That stuff is understated, too, when you're trying to build a team. Like, you need those guys who are going to, who have been in the league for 12 years as role guys who are going to show you, hey, this is how you stay in the league. This is how you stay ready. Like, those guys are extremely valuable. To, to think 12 months ago we had Boylan and had literally no hope with Garpack still in power. To fast forward to now with the guy that's making big-time moves and trades and making tough decisions, uh, I, I couldn't be happier for where the Bulls are at. I'm excited to see. Do you think those guys play on Saturday? Oh, yeah. They got to, right? Yeah, you traded too many people. You're only going to have like six guys if you don't. It's been a couple days. Yeah, those guys play on Saturday the, for sure. Get the boys out there. Uh, yeah, Vucevic going to score 30. Vuce is already here, man. He already, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He already, he already found a place to live, man. He's good. Vucevic. Where, yo, where would, where would – I was just going to say, where do you think Vucevic would live in this Dog, If you've been in, living in Orlando for the past seven years, you're moving downtown Chicago and you're not looking back. <laughs> Vucevic going to be downtown, yeah, downtown. Downtown huh? Chicago, 190 North. Okay. Yeah, Vucevic <laughs> – I can see Vucevic in the West Loop. Yeah, Vucevic in the West Loop. This is great, man. He's, yeah, there's some uh, whatever he was Serbian or something like that. Yeah, we got we got everything in Chicago, man. Yeah, I can see people it. is out here, man. He's good. I can see it. I can yeah. see it. Move I off Pulaski, man. He's, he's good to go. <laughs> Dice, Dice is out here too, man. He's probably Dice like, is, he might be in the suburbs. I don't know nothing about Dice, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what kind of vibe he was where he would go. But he's out like Bernie Hills. All. Anywhere you need. Anywhere, yeah, we any got it. Man. Whatever you need, for, man. man. Whatever you're looking for, Dice. You got kids, no kids, man. Single wife. <laughs> we got it all, bro. So shout out the Bulls making moves. I'm very excited, man. I can't wait to watch the full squad. Yes. And uh, let's see where let's see where it shakes. Yep. Give me your really quick before we move off. Give me your ideal Bulls five right now. Who do you think starts on Saturday? Who would you want to start? Sato, Zach, Pat, Project Pat. Oh Vooch, man, Vooch and who else? Vooch, yeah. I just don't. I don't know if I want Pat at the four or at the three. I feel like you really have no shooting, but I guess Vooch can Vooch stretches the floor for you. What do you um, mean? Does Lori start? Yeah, Lori. I think you got to kind of see what that looks like, though. Pat at the three, Lori at the four, and Vooch at the five. You're not stopping anybody, anyways. That's yeah, the thing. yeah you're, have... you're giving you're giving up 130. Your defense already wasn't great, and you, you kind of made it worse. So you might as well just double down and see what you can do. Play some Euro ball. Who's the five? Give it to me one more time. So it's going to be Sato, yeah. Zach, Project Pat, Lowry, yeah. and uh, Vooch. Defensively, that is a scary wow, sight. That, no, man, I don't, <laughs> dude. I don't. I think, I think we'll watch that for a half and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. This, yeah, we gotta maybe we might have to. Hey, Vucevic, I don't know. Where do you go? Vucevic and Zach can score, but I don't, they can't score like this. Like, yeah. well, we're about to be. Good. Well, you gotta decide. Do you want Pat in the starting lineup or do you want Lowry? 
Why does Laurie need to be in the starting lineup? Can somebody explain that to me? He can come on the second team and eat. Why does Laurie need to be in the starting lineup? Put bring put, bring him bring him off the bring him off the bench and let him eat. That's what I'm saying. Bring him off let, the bench and have him kill backup no, bigs. Let him and Kobe run out there and just do all types of crazy shit. Yeah. Let him let him and Pat come off the I would start Dice. Dice and, and Foose? They play the same yeah. position. No, they don't. Dice is a center. I don't care what. See, this is the thing. This is the like when no people position. say this. There's the, like that shit is not and that doesn't exist anymore. It's like, oh, he's a center. Like it does when you want to run out too many bigs. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and I, I guess you don't want to run out too many bigs, but like I don't think I'm not put it like this. I don't think Dice gets in Vucevic's way. You know what I'm saying? I'm not worried about him. I kind of like Dice off the bench, though. I think what he does, you want that energy coming off the bench. And you, you probably want him playing with Laurie because Laurie's so soft. Interesting. Drew just said Vucevic is wearing nine, and Pat changed his number to 44. Hey, bro, if I'm the number, what is he, third, fourth pick in the draft, I'm not changing my number. Not even for Vuce? No. How much you're money? Not, How much money, not, though? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah. Six what's figures. Your, 100. <laughs> So you making twenty six this year? Hundred ain't nothing. That's that's yeah, a wait. No wait, wait, <laughs> wait. Tell me a hundo. How much? What, what would it take for you to change, come off your number? Depends on how much value it has to me. Um, but yeah, hundred, hundred is fair. Hundred bands. Yeah, your number's important. Give me a hundred bands to 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 vooch. It's nothing. Give me a hundred. Maybe you're, a car. You're, you're a rookie though. A hundred and a dinner. Good to go. You ain't done shit in the league. Give me a hundred and we'll go you're Chicago, lucky, go Chicago you, cut. Get me a, get me a. Lucky you know. I even, you lucky I even asked you. Nah, you get nine. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I told Carter Stone was hey. told me I can have nine. How about nah. that? Pay, pay, pay me, pay Yo, me. Actually, I was trying to be. Dog, if you bought a Pat Williams jersey, you're hot right now. No, nah, maybe if he's a Hall of Famer, that should NFT you, it. I'm about to say you can turn it to an NFT unless the Bulls, <laughs> <laughs> unless the Bulls do the jersey exchange for you. You can turn it to it. I got a Pat Williams number nine. Yeah, why not? They probably actually – I bet you the Bulls would do that. <laughs> they might. If you change his number – yeah, because a lot of people probably bought Pat Williams jerseys. You got a Pat Williams jersey somewhere. They'll let you swap it if you really want it. I don't know. Let's hear it in the chat. Throw out some starting fives. We'll come back to it later. What do you yeah. guys think is the Bulls' best five? Anybody in the chat, throw out the best five. We'll revisit at the end of the pod. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Give me your All best right. five and why. All right. Let's – uh. Let's get on to the rest of the association. Let's get on man. to the rest of the association. It got shaken up yesterday. It did. Teams making moves. When you see the top two players from the Lakers go down, teams out west starting to feel frisky. I really Makes like I really like what Clutch did on this article. So I'm gonna bring this one up. All right, let's talk. Let's start at the top. Which one do you want to start I with? I know. No, we're gonna talk. We're gonna start with the Heat and Oladipo. I know you uh-huh. got some things to say about Houston. Um, but the Heat get Victor Oladipo from the Rockets for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a 2022 first-round NBA swap rights, meaning the Heat are going to get the better pick, not, <laughs> Yo, not the Rockets, by the way. If, if your phone rings and it says Riley, Pat, just don't even answer because he's fleecing you on the other end. <laughs> yeah, for real. What, <laughs> like, y'all are playing checkers. He's out here playing a completely different game. Yeah, what are your thoughts on, on this deal Heat get a Oladipo. Give me, uh, give me on both sides. What do you think? Love it, love it. Imagine the Miami Heat last year if they would have had Victor Oladipo as another ball handler and scorer available in the NBA Finals. Right? Um, I love it. I love this move for them. You didn't really give up anything of consequence. You held on to Duncan Robinson, who was rumored to be going. Um, 
through most of the day, right? Yeah. So you held on to your core guys and you got rid of two guys in Olenek and Bradley who, yeah, they contribute, but they're not huge. And you brought in a guy who is absolutely going to contribute for you, right? So if you kind of look into that Heat culture and kind of what he likes to do, he likes versatile players. He likes guys that play defense. Um, he likes guys that are going to play hard. And I think if you're looking at Oladipo, a guy who's looking for a contract extension, who's out to prove himself, who knows, hey, look, man, I go to Miami with the doctors that they got and the system that they have in place and the coaching that I'm going to receive, and I ball out, like that is my ticket to a payday. South Beach has revitalized many a career with what they do out there. Um, so I think that that's a good spot for them. If you're looking from the Heat perspective, you add another guy who can play. Like Pat Riley collects guys who he knows can play. Victor Oladipo can play. I think he has an inflated view of himself in his mind and who he still is, but that's not really going to matter here. He comes in here, he falls in line, he's going to get his opportunity. They find a way to get all these guys shots. Jimmy doesn't really give a shit. If Victor comes in and says, hey, we're better if I get more shots, Jimmy doesn't care. Does not care. He'll take three shots. If they win, he's fine. Um, so I just think it gives them another guy that you can go to battle with. Like, watch out for Miami. Like, they they were in that bubble hangover for the first half of the season. They're starting to get out of it, and they're playing really good basketball. But the deal was a swindle. Swindle? Overall. For nothing. For nothing. Don't get me started. We could... We'll, we'll talk. Let's finish the Miami side of it, then we'll talk about Houston. But yeah, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it's a. You stole it. I think that well, they well, I think it's a great deal, obviously, for Miami for what they ended up giving up for him. <clears throat> Every time I want to believe in Victor Oladipo, he shows up to a new spot and doesn't do anything. If we're keeping it one hundred, I think this is probably the best spot that he's landed since leaving Indiana. Right, so we'll see what happens down there, but. Miami is cooking, and they're heating up. And it was almost like they came out the blocks a little slow. And literally, I know people say it's so hard to turn it on and off and the switch, this, that. Jimmy Butler said, all right, we gonna, are we going to – somebody asked him if, if they're going to make the playoffs. Did they really? <laughs> and he was like, I, can't, I wish I had the clip. They were like, are you guys going to make the playoffs? And he was like, Doug, we're we're about to turn it on right now. Like yeah. he he mentioned it. Like we're gonna get going right now, and yeah, we're <laughs> we're gonna get rolled. And they have they have been they've been cooking. They go into the break, um, or they go into the trade deadline playing their best ball of the year. Let me ask you this: We talked about it on the pod leading up to the deadline. It would be amazing if Miami could add. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. And have a real, real push at things. Another big question mark and something they refuse to give up on it. Not give up on, because I mean he's having a he hasn't been playing very well as Tyler Hero. Recently, and yeah. There's been there was conversations in the summer on hey, James Harden would come to Miami, and there was there was chirping that we're if don't don't even put Tyler Hero's name in the conversation because he's not going to be a part of that deal. We're not giving them up. And it was the same conversation this time with Kyle Lowry was like, Hey, we're not giving up hero. That was the, that's the rumor, right? Is it getting a little carried away that, that this guy, cause you had Kyle Lowry on that team and yeah. then they're now Now they're, they're in finalization to pick up LaMarcus who I don't know how much he has left, but who knows, right? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But, is he this untouchable? I guess that's what I'm asking. 
I guess they're trying to protect their future. I mean, in a sense, right? I think obviously Kyle Lowry is an upgrade this year, but he, he's coming at the end of that deal. And he, I don't think they're realistically going to extend Kyle Lowry past yeah, this year. So you really would be saying, all right, man, we're going to mortgage the future for today, which I think a lot of teams are fine doing. I trust Pat Riley. I think they're around Hero every day. They know how hard he works and they kind of see what he can become. And even yeah. though he's having a rough, rough year overall from a number standpoint, I mean, he's still putting up like 16 a game. He's right. just not shooting the ball that well. Um, but I think they know, hey, if our biggest problem with Tyler Hero is he's not shooting the ball well and Tyler Hero is a shooter, then right. once that shot starts falling, all the other parts of his game, whether it be his defense, his playmaking, his ability to take it to the rim, things like that, um, will fall into place. And once the shooting is there, we have a good player. Not to mention, look, man, he's 22. Um, we got Jimmy for a couple more years. We just extended Gorin. Like, we want to keep this nucleus together. And if we get Kyle Lowry for this year and it still doesn't push us over the top, now we're looking at next year saying, all right, we gave up on a young guy, knowing yeah. we're not going to a high draft pick and not really be in the position to get a lottery pick again. Yeah. Why not build around Bam, Hero, and those guys and maybe try to make another move in the summer that doesn't involve him? So I, I, I trust in it because just like I said, if Pat Riley's calling you, don't answer. If Masai's calling you, also don't answer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If Masai's calling you, like, hey, you know what? Because uh, Hero goes out there to Toronto and puts up 25 a game in that system and you're sitting there like, fuck. You know what I mean? So um, I don't mind not making a lottery. I would have loved the deal, but I understand their reluctance to include Hero because I think that they know ultimately he's important to what they want to do. Yeah, Cody just said, do you guys think Toronto is going to try and rebuild this offseason? I think absolutely they are. They already are rebuilding. Already, He's probably yeah. got four guys in the G League who in two years will be averaging 20 points a game. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, it's funny, but like, no cat. Like, he's probably got guys he's already looking at. It's different up there. Like, it's really different yeah. up there. If you talk about a guy who can reload with never having lottery picks, I mean, where do they find Norm Powell? Where do you find Pascal Siakam? Where do you find Fred Van Vliet? Like, these guys are later draft picks that you – or undrafted guys that you brought into the system. So I think if you believe in what you're doing, 100% he's already thinking about the rebuild, for sure. Yeah. And, it's, and I think veteran players see how he treated Lowry and are like, yo, that's a situation we like. He had enough respect – that he didn't just ship Lowry. He said, if you don't want to go, we're not trading you. Um, which, you know, again, he doesn't have to do that, but I think that that just goes a long way um, to kind of show what kind of guy is. At the same time, he sold, traded DeMar DeRozan. I don't know how much, I don't know how true that is. I just, I just yeah. don't think there was a deal that he wanted on the table. But they said yeah. if Lowry said he didn't want to get traded, they weren't going to trade him. I mean, they were pretty public yeah. about that, but yeah, whatever. I mean, if someone called and was like, hey, you can, you can have, Whoever he probably would have been gone. Yeah, but, yeah. Right. So, so I, know, I like that deal. Yeah, and we talked a lot about, and we're going to come back to Miami when we talk about the East and the West and the new breakdown or what we think is rocking. But you talked about Houston and how you've never seen, I guess, a fumble of what you had to the opportunity you could have turned. A lot of a lot of different things could have happened with Harden getting moved, and this is the absolute bare bottom of the barrel. Yeah, like really, the thing that got me about Houston once they made this deal is they the Harden trade was what a month and a half ago. Yeah, so you've had Victor Oladipo in there for a month and a half, right? He turned down this contract extension about a month ago. So for the last thirty days, you knew that you had to put together a deal to ship Victor Oladipo out of town and get maximum value. You mean to tell me 
it took you down to the wire in the last hours of the trade deadline, and this is the deal that you came up with? You had this asset for a month and a half? But even You've been go, calling? Even, even go been, back to the Levert situation. No, we'll go back. We're going to go back. But I'm going to say that was the first thing that stuck out. When you put it all together and say, hey, look, instead of getting back, who did they get back? Was it Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley and all the picks that you got from Brooklyn, which is ultimately what you got for James Harden? You could have just taken the original trade that brought you Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and some of those picks, right, and had the picks and the two better players. Instead, you flipped Allen to Cleveland for more picks for no reason. And you flipped Oladipo, I'm sorry, Levert, to Indiana for Oladipo, who makes more money and is a trickier situation. Yeah, you could have just stuck with the two guys who would have least made your team fun in Levert and Allen. If you don't like them, you can figure out something. They have way more trade value than Oladipo apparently did. But instead, you ended up with not the best players and then all these picks to who knows when they're going to come out. So you had these assets a top five player, right, and a top 30 player in Oladipo, and all you ended up with is some potentially late-round draft picks and two guys who have absolutely no value on the trade market. You could not have fumbled the bag any more than Houston did. Next year, their roster is going to look like shit because you have absolutely nothing to show for in the immediate future for James Harden. You fumbled this at every single opportunity possible. You would have much rather had Curtis LeVert, Jared Allen, and go out and play some fun basketball that your fans are going to yeah, watch. Yeah, with John Wall, what Christian a joke. Wood, Christian Wood, maybe yeah. even, maybe even PJ would have been around. They would have been a lot, a lot. They would have had some fun. Yeah. They would have been a fun team. They might not have won a bunch of games, but it's like okay, we can have some fun and we can decide what we want to do with LeVert and Allen. I think LeVert's yeah. only making fifteen million a year. That's a very attractive trade piece next year. Uh, LeVert is a beast. He's a beast. Levert is a beast, dog. I don't so, care what anybody says. Yeah, if, if he's healthy on, and playing, he's a monster. And Jared you, Allen is what? If the is a top five defensive big in the league, easy. You essentially salary dumped Victor Oladipo. You yeah. might as well just bought him out. Like you, you've got a pick swap, and then two guys who literally contribute nothing to your basketball team. Avery Bradley's been a zero for the past six four, years. Four, four seasons, easy. At he's least. Zero. Zero. He's been living on a defensive reputation that's not really even there anymore. And Olenek is Olenek. I mean, he's fine, but he doesn't do anything for you when you're a rebuilding team. You got nothing. You literally had a month and a half to make this deal, and this is what you did? You couldn't find some team to give you a heavily protected one? I mean, you salary dumped him. You took two guys to match his contract and a pick swap in which you get the worst pick. I was listening to (laughs) the (laughs) the, the pick swap thing is funny. It's almost like Riley at that point knew that they were fucking dead. <laughs> oh so my he's God. like, actually, we'll just make this a swap in our favor. Yeah. All right. And they're yeah. like, okay, I guess that's uh, sure, Pat. I I don't know. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, it trust me, it works. This is great. You guys will love Kelly Olynyk. He shows up on time. Like, it's fucking crazy to me, man. Like, if you're a Houston Rockets fan, you're sitting here and you're saying, what just happened? Literally, you want to talk about where the Bulls were a year ago? Where were the Rockets 60 days ago? You had a top 10 player. And things look great. Now yeah. you are left with nothing. This is one of those trades that when you look three years down the line, you're going to be like, wow, they traded James Harden for nothing. You literally got nothing. You got nobody that plays this year. 
and you got some picks that maybe in five years they'll be good, right? I think you have some Brooklyn picks that go to like 2048. So maybe down the line <laughs> they'll they'll be bad with, and you with, with James and Kyrie all the yeah, retire. You, you can draft Bronny or something like that. Maybe that's what you're angling for, but <laughs> or Zaire Wade or something. I don't know what you're trying to do, but it ain't gonna make you any good anytime soon. And and you just got nothing for this guy. I could not believe that after all that time you pushed up against a deadline to get Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and a fucking pick swap. Yeah, it's back. All right, let's move well, on. Why would you even want Miami's pick? When's the last time Miami's been bad? That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. Pat Riley just stepped on their neck at the end. Like, actually, yeah. you know what? We're going to make this a swap, all right? Unbelievable. Like, all right. Yeah, so I know that was a lot of time for the Houston Rockets. We'll probably never talk about them again because they're going to be terrible, but good riddance. Yes. All right, let's talk about the uh, the two other big deals, and then we got Aaron Gordon going to Denver, love, which love is this. interesting. But you, if you guys rock with me and been listening to the pod, you know – my boy Rajon Rondo is my one of my favorite point guards of all time. Clippers received Rajon Rondo from the Hawks for Lou Will, Lemon Pepper Lou, and two second round picks. How do you feel about this deal? Rondo can now go handle the rock and let because they don't have a point guard. Pat, like 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 we were just talking about with uh with people having you know to the 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 PG next to their name or the center next to their name. Pat Beverly is is has PG next to his name, but he's just a a, a defending the perimeter defending guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, right? So they get a guy in Rondo who they're going to need in the playoffs, brings toughness, leadership, the whole all the cliché shit, but this is a guy that actually brings all that and can and, and can run the show and take a lot of pressure off PG and any of those guys handling the rock. What do you think about this deal? Do you think they'll miss Lou Will? We know about Lou Will's struggle in the playoffs. Um, so is that, that that's that's why they the made this move. They had to make a move for the playoffs. I don't think Rondo is gonna play huge minutes for them, even in the playoffs, right? If you even look at what he did with the Lakers last year, that you kind of used him when you needed to, and down the stretch, he was your point guard because that's when the game matters, right? When it right. comes down to winning time, you can throw Rondo in there and he's going to make the right decision, and he's going to be an extension of the coaching staff out there on the floor. So I think I love this deal, man. When you talk about the Clippers, it's not necessarily the basketball, right? Like the problems that they had last year, when you talk about Kawhi, phenomenal player, top three player, give me him. Put him on your basketball team. He instantly makes you better. But he is not a vocal leader, right? On Toronto, Kyle Lowry was the leader. That was the guy who was calling the shots in the huddle and all that. Kawhi shows up. We talk about it. Probably doesn't know his teammates' names. Scores 30, (laughs) plays great defense, puts him in a position to win. But he's not here for any of that other stuff. You bring in a guy like Rondo, who is a leader, right? Who a lot of those problems that they had in the locker room last year, a lot of that nonsense that gets in the way of a championship, Rondo's going to diffuse that, right? He's going to be the voice of reason in that locker room. He's going to be the voice of maturity, because of his reputation and his resume, right, a two-time NBA champion, including a championship just last year in which he really helped the team out, guys are going to listen. So you bring a guy in like that. If you're Ty Lue, you're like, yo, Rajon, in the 15 to 20 minutes he might play, obviously we need the point guard help. Kawhi's not interested in playing point guard. Paul George is not a point guard to what you said. Patrick Beverly is not a true point guard, right? So we need you on the basketball floor. But in addition to that, when the going gets tough and I have these guys that – have proved to sometimes be fragile. I need you to be in there and kind of be that dog, be that leader and continue to tell us what it's like to win a championship. 
So I think that he helps you on the floor definitely come playoff time because that's when his minutes will increase. Um, but before then, you have him in the locker room now for the next couple of months as you prepare for this playoff push, right? So psychologically, he's going to have a huge impact on your ball club, without a doubt. He, he's going to hold guys accountable, and he's going to be the leader that they want. Kawhi has told you, I am not interested in leadership. And that's okay. That's okay, right? I think too often we think best player, you got to be some rah-rah leader. Not everybody's like that, right? He's, he's just not that type of guy. So he told you, get me a point guard, get me a leader. You got one. I love it. Yeah. I think that's very well said. Very smart between, move. I think between the changes at head coach with Tyloo and adding Rondo, those are big acquisitions for the playoffs, and, and that might be the only little tweaks they need. What, so we'll remember we talked about it last week. They didn't need to necessarily bring in a ton more talent. It's a talented roster, obviously. So For sure. Yep. So we'll see what happens there, man. And if uh, – I'm not even going to say play. I'm not even going to say PG's name. So we'll, we'll, I don't want to get too – I don't want us to get off track. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But the third the, – the, the next deal we're going to talk about, Blazers – Received Norman Powell from the Raptors for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. I'll start since since you've been leading the way. I I I've, I've on record <laughs> the last couple weeks talking about Norman Powell and how much I love his game and how much he's improved his game. And that's another shout out to Messiah in Toronto. Norman Powell is a is a is an absolute bucket. He's shown me many many times. He can go for 30, no problem. I think he's going for 36 times this year. Norman Powell can go get it when you need to, right? Yep. The exact guy I just described is not what Portland needs. I I don't I don't understand adding another bucket getter like Norman Powell has become. I don't think that's what they need. I I don't I don't understand I don't understand the addition for this year and moving forward because I think Dame and CJ are so close they're never going to leave. They could uh and get and don't get me wrong, like Norman Powell's a basket, but Gary Trent was Trent's also good. yeah, Gary Trent was also a bucket. Yeah. And he was going for I think 14 a game, something like that, 14 15 a game. So is he is Norman Powell an upgrade for Gary Trent? Yeah, sure. Definitely. But I just don't think they needed any more firepower. What do you think? So, yeah, the reason I like this deal for them is they're not going to reinvent themselves on the fly, right? Like, we know what they need. They need defense. They're not interested in playing it. They need defense down low. They need better perimeter defense. They need some stoppers, right? But at the same time, this is the style that they've been playing. They've been winning this year. They've had a good year. And I think rather than try to reinvent yourselves on the fly and look at what you need, just double down on already more on what you got. Right, You added Norman Powell. He's another guy who's playoff tested, has won an NBA championship, can score, can shoot, can defend a little bit. He's come from that Toronto system where you have to play defense. So can defend a little bit, but he just gives you another guy that can score. That's it. You upgrade yourself at that position. I you, guess. When, when CJ when – Let me ask you this, Nick. Yeah, but when, when you think, here's, when you the think, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. When CJ comes back, right – CJ yeah. so was going so, crazy yesterday. So Gary Trent's role is diminished already. You add in a guy in Norman Powell who's going to be able to come in and play next to those guys. Good to go. 
keep it rolling, man. They want to they want to shoot you out the gym. They want to have special offensive nights. They want to put the pressure on. They want to shoot a bunch of threes. So if that's the style that you're trying to play, just go ahead and upgrade at that spot. It doesn't help them with what they're not good at, but you've seen with all the moves that they make, they're not interested in getting better at what they're not good at. If that's the case, you wouldn't have Enos Cantor and Carmelo Anthony. This is what they want to do. They have decided that this is the style of basketball that we want to play. We want to score as many points as possible, and we want to put the pressure on teams offensively because we just can't play defense with Damon CJ as our, t- our two lead guards. So why even try? Interesting. So you're saying we're, yeah. So like, we're not going to Damon, Damon CJ are here and those yeah, guys aren't going to play. You're getting past right? those guys with 97% of the time. So it's already fucked. Right. So, <laughs> so we might as well just try to pour some more gasoline on this joint and score one thirty. Absolutely. And if you can add in a guy like Powell, who's shooting 43% from the field, 50, 43% from three, 50% from the field, scoring 20 and can play some defense and can 100% is going to be part of your crunch time five, for sure. You've just made your crunch time five better. That's all that counts. You're not stopping anybody to begin with. What are you, what are you going to do? Go add a bunch of defenders and reinvent who you are? It's, it's not going to happen. You throw Norman Powell right in there. He slides right into what you already do. Fair. And right. with again... With with McCollum back, your Gary Trent's role becomes more limited. He's huge when McCollum's hurt, but with McCollum back, he becomes more limited. So why not add a guy who you know you can play next to those guys? <laughs> I don't know why, but just thinking about Dame, CJ, Norm, uh, Carmelo, and Nurkic out there made me laugh. And oh my then God. I, and then I started thinking about uh, Melo coming off the bench. And I thought about the press conference. Hey, Jay, I'm going to come off the bench. AOP. They said I'm going to come off the bench. They want me to come off the bench. bench. I'm going to come off the bench. (laughs) That shit shit probably cost him that year that he was out the league. Dude, 100%. 100%, I'll come off the bench. Just get me out of the crib. You have to come off the (laughs) bench. Yeah, what are you talking about? Oh, my God. That was so funny, man. That's that's an all-timer. If you don't know what audio we're talking about, go look up uh, Carmelo. He just got to the Thunder, and they asked him about coming off the bench. Type in Carmelo, come off the bench or something. Come off the bench. (laughs) (laughs) it'll, It'll come right up. All right, let's uh let's keep it moving. So we talked Clippers, we talked uh we talked Norm Powell, we talked Bullies. Now let's get to the Nugs. Mm-hmm. Nuggets get Eric Gordon for Gary Clark, uh, and Gary Clark from the Magic for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton in a first round pick. Now we joked, we joked about Aaron Gordon. Listen, there's a lot of guys that can demand a trade. I when I heard that, I started cracking up. I'm like, yeah. And then the next day, he said he's fed up with everything. Hey. Aaron, Aaron Gordon is upset. <laughs> then Aaron came out and said, "I'm upset about this. Said, I need to get out of here. I'm Aaron Gordon. I'm Aaron Gordon. Y'all better move me ASAP." <laughs> like that. That was really funny to me. But hey, I'm gonna tell you this, man. In the NBA, especially, and it's starting to trickle over to the NFL. If you speak up. You seem to get moved, period, point blank. Like it or not, whatever. You know what I'm saying? You seem to get moved, and you seem to get moved quickly. So, 
I mean, as much as I left, uh, you could quote unquote, I guess, say it worked. I mean, obviously, it looks like Orlando was selling anyway. They were burning everything to the ground and moving everybody. And right. he was part of that. But it was interesting to see, uh, I'm about to sneeze, to see him get moved over <sighs> to Denver. <sighs> God damn. After uh, requesting it. What do you think of the deal? We were in the group chat talking about is Denver spooky to win the West now at nine to one. Uh, what do you think about the deal, Aaron Gordon going over the highlight of Aaron Gordon going over to uh, to Denver? What I like it, man. I, I think he has he's a perimeter defender for them. I think his size and versatility allows you to have someone who can stick Kawhi, Paul George, some of these other big perimeter players in the West, and you can kind of move him around a little bit. I don't think they necessarily added him for his offense. I think they really added him for his defense. Um, I think, you know, without Jeremy Grant played a huge role for them the last couple of years, it's kind of that do everything defender, um, yep. which when you have guys like Jokic and Murray who aren't necessarily known for their defensive prowess, yes. uh, you kind of need to have that guy in there. So I think they kind of did the the anti-Portland. And, and, and Denver's already a good defensive team, but they were like, all right, we need to add some defense. This guy can get us some buckets. Um, I think he's actually pretty good in the catch and shoot, um, different things like that, some good athleticism. But what he's, he's an athlete, yeah. What he's really going to do for them is give them a guy who you can stick on some of these, you know, these big time scorers. He's not necessarily going to neutralize them, but he's a guy who's going to do a better job than what you had before. And you get rid of guys who weren't playing. I mean, if you're the Nuggets, yeah. RJ Hampton, really, really intriguing prospect, but he's not going to be good for you anytime during. The, you're in a, you are actually in a title window right now. You have a this two to three year Jokic peak, Jamal Murray ascending. Michael Porter Jr., you know, those type of guys, you're in this window with them. You're not – RJ Hampton's never going to play anytime soon, so why not move him out to get some guys who can actually help you win an NBA championship? Because you are a legitimate contender. You are a legitimate title contender this year, so you make this type of move 100% every single time you can. You get the talent in the building. You don't, you don't hold on to the hopes of RJ Hampton. And then Gary Harris, he hasn't even been playing and hasn't been playing well when he does play. So yeah, you trade two guys who literally don't play. Haven't been haven't been affected in the squad at all. At all. Not in the rotation at all to a guy who instantly is going to come in and play 30 minutes for you. Gary Harris and, is and a and crunch time five. Yeah. And Gary Harris is a poor man's Jamal Murray, right? So like yeah. he's, they they play the same very, game. You very have, poor man's Jamal Murray. Very poor man's Jamal Murray, yeah. right? So you have uh you have Jamal Murray, who's your 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 perimeter bucket, your guard. You got Jokic, who's the MVP. We know Jokic does it all. And he's an, he he's According to Las Vegas, he's in the lead for the MVP. Then you had a guy, an athlete, like so fourth uh, or fifth option, like Gordon. Yep. And then you got just pure offense in Michael Porter Jr. Yep. So yeah, I think uh, it's an interesting move, man. I like it. I think Denver, and it's, I know we know how tough the Clippers are, right? But in in Denver's eyes, and they and and, and any, everybody else's eyes don't matter, right? Who cares what everybody else thinks? Bubble or not, they beat those guys. Yeah. If they see those guys down the road, they're not about to be spooked by those not guys at all. whatsoever, right? Not at all. And then so, you add a guy who literally helps you against those guys because he's going to help defend, you know, the two, the two biggest things that those guys have, which are George and Leonard. Yeah, man. So, absolutely. Yeah, I love that move, man. If you can trade out two non-rotation guys for a starter, for a member of your playoff crunch time five. And the thing with Gordon, he's one of those guys who was probably miscast as like a number two, number three option in Orlando. You yeah. bring them to Denver and you're like, hey, you're the fourth or fifth option. Go out there, get 13, 14, get rebounds, hustle, play D. 
that's a great role for him, man. I mean, I think that, you know, yeah, I, I think getting those guys, just like Boots, you get them out of Orlando where shit was just blah, and you bring them into a situation yeah. here in Denver and you're instantly on a contender and they have a role for you and you're, you're going to fill a role that was played by a guy last year. So there's a blueprint. It's easy slide right now. I thought Denver got a lot better yesterday. I like that. Are we going to, if we hit the McGee, the JaVale McGee deal, three-time NBA champion JaVale McGee deal. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, like that deal. That I like that deal too. Like, look, you can laugh all you want to, man. Look at the la- three out of the last four NBA champions. JaVale McGee has been on the roster and has played a role come playoff time. Like, if you look at it last year, the ability to go big was one of the biggest things the Lakers were able to do against the Nuggets and really took them out of their game, right? You look at when he was on Golden State. He comes in there, he plays 10 minutes, he runs the rim, he blocks shots. He's been on three NBA championship teams, so he can kind of tell you what a deep playoff run looks like. And he adds value when a team wants to go big. Again, we've seen it the last few years. Teams have either struggled when someone else goes big or that team goes big and you cause someone else to struggle. So for as much as we want to talk about playing small and all that, if you have big guys who are capable in the right situation in the playoffs, you can 100% disrupt what someone else is doing. See the Lakers last year. See the Warriors uh, when in the time that they've gone big. Like it, it, it can create a problem if you have the right mix in there. So I love that they added him in case. If not, he's the type of guy, he doesn't mind if he doesn't play an entire playoff series. Hey. This series isn't for you. That's fine. I knew about that on my last three championship stops. Cool. Hey, JaVale, we're playing against the Lakers. They added some size. They got AD in there and LeBron, and they're running huge. We need you to go out there. Awesome. I'm available for that. I can give you 15 minutes in that. So I don't want to overstate JaVale McGee, but those are the type of moves you look at. It's like, ooh. That's a nice little piece. It's a nice little act. JaVale heard them rumblings of being out the league. I ain't heard from him since. I heard, I, I, yo, I haven't seen a, a Shackton a fool. I haven't seen any reports of him acting up. That boy just been going, yep. playing and getting, ball, and, and getting, getting a check. check. Getting a <laughs> check. Hey, so I don't, check. This is sitting off the league. Should he sees his boy Nick Young? He's like, nah, I used to act a fool with this yeah. guy. I ain't got to do this, man. Nah, and what and happened? Check. He changed his shit, won three rings, and now the rest of his life is going to be great. Rings like, and checks. Just those rings, get him on TV when it's all done. He's a million dollars in the studio. Like He's a three-time NBA champion. Like we laugh. The man has three rings, dude. <laughs> Shout out JaVel McGee. What a life. Shout out JaVel McGee. So I like, yeah. So just back to Port- Denver. I love both those moves. I think that yeah. those are two moves. One of them absolutely makes you better right now. And the other one has the potential of, hey, case of emergency, break open JaVel McGee and give him some minutes out there. Exactly right. In case of emergency. I like that. Yep. Uh, Celtics pick up at Evan Fournier. This is another uh, heist. Heist. Another swindle. Steal. <laughs> For Jeff Teague and two second round picks. Um, Easy. Good deal because they didn't have to give anything. But what does this do for Boston exactly? I kind of shrugged my shoulders. Like, cool. Like, this is this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Man, because we had the conversation, right? Is Boston going to be a seller? There's obviously two guys that are on their team that are unmovable. Not unmovable, but untouchable in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, you go, what are they going to do with the break? Are they just going to sit on their hands and chill out? But I guess if you can go add a guy like Evan Fournier who'd give you a bucket, he's, he's, I like Fournier's game a lot. Yeah. But the addition is like, all right, this is another, another firepower, bigger name to, to add to a, a group that just hasn't been performing together all that well. Right. They came back the other night from down 20 plus against Milwaukee, which was interesting. And then, 
they play again tonight on the on the back to back or the two and two nights or whatever you want to call it. But what do you think of that deal? I think it's a good deal just because they didn't give up anything. But what do you think it does for them when you start looking at the East in a, in, in a scope? Yeah, I don't think it necessarily moves the needle for them. But I mean, again, you add a guy who can play. And it only cost you two second round picks. And who who do they trade? They lost Slice though. They uh, well, Slice part of this deal? No, Slice no, no, the no. Bulls deal. Yeah, yeah so I bought the Bulls um, deal. Yeah, so I mean, for them, it's like, hey, we just stole Fournier. If it works out, great. If not, we just don't play him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, but I don't think it's like, oh my god, we got Evan Fournier. He's really going to make a difference. To your point, scoring things like that isn't really a problem for them. Maybe they feel like he can help stabilize that fourth quarter offense that looks so bad. But again, yeah. he's he's another guy that. He's the scorer, so um, I don't I don't really right. know of him as being like a great playmaker or anything like that. Right, but he's just another guy. Maybe the right situation you can use him. But yeah, to to your point, you got him for free. I'm I'm more surprised <laughs> that the rest of the league could someone else didn't make that call. I mean, you're talking about right. two number twos. Um, I know Boston had that trade exception, so maybe just the fact that they could absorb his salary helped them out. But two number twos. I mean, I could think of teams that could use him. Right, like, I can think like, of teams like low key, we should have threw in two number two. Yeah, in the side. yeah, a guard. Like, yeah, I will, I'll take Evan Fournier and his ability to shoot and, and play yeah, and be a professional. Right. And so, yeah, I'm just surprised another team didn't call and make that move. And if you're Ainge, you got to do something, right? I mean, I think you, you have all these almost trades that Danny Ainge is known for, but in reality, you haven't done anything with this roster anytime recently that's made a huge impact. So, I guess you got to try to do something, but he's not what yeah. they need per se. I think it's exactly what we said it was, right? They were in a precarious position where they can't sell really because they have a good roster or they yeah. think they have a good roster and they have a lot of good pieces, but they can't really buy too much because then they, they're they going to have to give up some of those assets and they're in the middle of the pack. They're having a down year. They're 500. So let's just, if we can get, a, if we can add a solid Hooper like Fournier for, no, for nothing, let's just do that. Yep. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think easy. that's exactly, Why not? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. uh that's exactly it's a it's at. a win win. I mean, if it doesn't it is what it is, it's not gonna it's not gonna affect anything. Yeah, exactly. Um last two we'll talk about. We'll close on one I know you have some thoughts on, but JJ Reddick to 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 Dallas as another shrug my shoulders for me. It was like, yeah, they need they need some shooting. They need shooting. They need they needed shooting, bro. They lost Curry, they need shooting. They need help there. They need they need guys <laughs> to score. Brunson, a guy that we just talked about, is not a, a, a scorer shooter. No, so. he's just a really good basketball player that apparently no one wanted to draft. <laughs> exactly right. So I'll never. I, we could talk about that for hours, but it would never get over that. It's fucking so stupid. Yeah. So they added shooting. Yeah. Take a little is, pressure off. Is, of, and, is and JJ done though? Uh, we'll like JJ's see. looking, JJ's looking done out there. Um, I'm gonna tell you this: Luca's gonna get that boy a lot of open looks, and yeah, yeah. I would not leave JJ Redick open on the on the perimeter. So if yeah, he can I get think... a lot of open looks from Luca, he... well, I think they're one of the worst shooting teams in the NBA. Right, they need, um, that's what I'm saying. They need yeah, so you better. needed shooting, yeah. If JJ Redick is available for that. And he's also obviously going to bring that veteran. Again, these guys who have stayed in the league for 14, 15 years have so much value to a team full of young players. Yeah, Like, it's just an incredible amount of value to have J.J. Redick in the locker room showing up three hours before a game, stretching, getting shots in, and, like, on a 15-year routine because those type of things help when you have young guys like Luca, who we know isn't necessarily a beacon of physical fitness. 
Yes. No, Lucas. To put it lightly. Yes. Shout out, Lucas. He's the man. Um. Yeah. All right. Let's close it on this, and then we'll get into what do we think shaking up. And I do want to touch on the Lakers. I don't want to say I'm worried, but I'm a little – I said this last year, though, and that shit came back to bite me. They turned it on and, and were cruising. But they don't have they those bigs. <laughs> They're missing a lot of people that they, that they didn't have last year. So we'll talk about that, too. But let's close it here. You think this is a big deal for the for the 76ers, them picking up George Hill? Yeah, well, so what did we say last week, right? You said if 76ers need to do a move, what do you need to do? I said bring in another point guard that can take some pressure off of Ben Simmons and play. That is exactly what you got. George Hill is the definition of the type of point guard that you want to play with Ben Simmons. George Hill is a point guard, point guard that doesn't require the basketball. He is excellent at shooting open threes on the catch and shoot. Yes. He plays defense. He is for sure a professional. And if you want him to handle the rock for extended periods of time, he absolutely can do that. Has played in big basketball situations and has a ton of value as a basketball player. I absolutely love this move for Philly. When you add in guys who are going to help you come playoff time, guys who address needs that you have, right? Again, they needed a point guard who could play big minutes for them and deliver. Um, obviously, it's not Kyle Lowry, but man, George Hill is a good ball player. I know he's kind of a suitcase and he's been on every single team in the NBA, but there's a reason why teams keep trading for him and good Contenders. teams keep trading for him. Yes. So the reason why Milwaukee, like, bring him in. Like the, the Cleveland, when they had Braun, bring him in. Contenders Milwaukee. want a guy yeah. like this because, again, point guards that don't require the rock fit in very nicely, especially next to Ben Simmons, and it adds more shooting for them. What does Philly need? Shooting. Surround Simmons and Embiid with shooters, guys who can knock down open shots. When the defense collapses on Joel Embiid because he's a fucking world beater down there and you have to put a double team on him, guess who's going to be available to hit an open three? I'm, didn't George Hill shoot like 48% from three last year? Yep. Honest? George Hill got a strap. <laughs> he got a strapper. <laughs> if, if George Hill is open and he this, the teams that he gets moved to, he finds himself taking a lot of open shots. Yeah. He knocks them down at a very big-time clip. At a very big-time clip. And if Danny Green can shoot like he was shooting last night, even half of that, yeah, it's a good Love move it. for Philly. Yeah. Great move. I mean, it really – again, not every move needs to be like some super some huge super splash, splash. But if there's a yeah. needle and you're saying, hey, does this move it? That moves their needle. Again, you're adding guys to your crunch time five. Yep. Or six or seven. George Hill – is absolutely in your playoff rotation for big minutes and serves a role. And if you're Doc Rivers, you're like, yo, this is a guy I can trust. He's been in the league for 15 years. He started out with popping them boys. Like, this is a guy who, again, you got young guys, right, who's going to come in and make a big impression. You know who's not going to fuck around? George Hill. Seems like a very <laughs> serious man. Yes. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, like, okay, this is what we need. I love, 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 love. Love this type of move. Love it. Love it. Great yeah, it move. Same, Philly, it watch the same out. Thing Milwaukee tried to do. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. Bring in a guy like this and and and, and let him kind of, you know. Because again, I don't think Simmons is a very vocal leader. Embiid is, but he's Embiid. You know, you bring in a guy like Hill, like <laughs> it's a serious basketball, man. This is a serious thing. We're trying to win a fucking championship. Absolutely. Love it. Where are you at on that deal? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're in the same. Yeah, no, same I agree with you because I, I think he does. 
He's a guy. He's a Swiss Army guy. Like whatever you need us to do, or whatever you need me to do. On ball, off ball. Listen, and on top of all that, yeah, on ball, off ball can handle the rock. Plays hard, plays D, and on top of that, I can hit a couple of jump shots. If you're going to leave me open, yeah. yeah, sign me up for that type of dude. Give me George Hill, yeah, for sure. Give me George Hill. I agree. Big, 100%. big George Hill guy, man. Yeah, <laughs> big George Hill guy. Big George Hill guy. I love that move. Bill George, big big George Hill guy. Like, yo, I'm pretty sure he shot like damn near 50 percent from three from Milwaukee last year. Like, dude. Dude is a bucket, man. I, I, not a bucket, but he's a he's an op- like yeah, he's a good basketball player that's not going to give you any problems, and you know that he's gonna um, he's gonna do his thing. All right, I agree. Shot forty six percent from three last year. On how many attempts? It's three per game, but twenty one minutes. I mean, so you know. No, that's that's yeah. what. It's great. That's one solid, point. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's yeah, super yeah. solid. Yeah, well, exactly. Are you crazy? Shooting thirty nine percent this year on four attempts a game. So let me ask you this. This I got currently I got the East pulled up on the screen for everybody listening. 76ers are number one in the in the East. We got followed by the Bucks, the Nets, and Charlotte at four, Knicks at five. Shout out Michael Jordan. Uh Hornets at four. Knicks at five. Hawks at six, who are coming. Miami's coming. They're at seven. Boston has been sus. God, they're at eight. That is crazy that, that team is two games under five hundred. Behind a whole bunch of teams with a lot less talent. Yeah. Like the Knicks. Yes. Yes, for sure. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks are all of a sudden one of the best defensive teams in the league. <laughs> shout out Nate McMillan. Fired their coach. Shout out Nate McMillan. <laughs> Salute. Shout out Nate McMillan. They so, came in there was like, yeah, hold on. Wait, what? We're doing what? Undine? Nah. Yeah. No, no, that's huge on Nate. No, Give him a full-time job, too. Don't bullshit. They're 8-2 and two in the last 10, man. Cut it out. Yeah. So they've been playing really, really well. Um, any of these moves that we talked about change any of this, this shakeup at the top? Um, Miami, we talked about them turning it on. They turned it on in the middle, and they've, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. So yeah. I was a little off there on them closing out strong, but they've been playing better. They were playing really bad to start. If you look at where they started off the year, they're, they're way better. Yeah, does this – do any of these deals in the East shift anything that would look like a playoff picture? Like, we were just talking about the Bulls making the playoffs. Is that a lock Bull, now, you think? Yeah, the Bulls, what I think, think? Are, the Bulls, the Bulls to me, made their roster better than Indiana. I truly yes. believe that. I think they are a better team than Indiana. You got to assume that Charlotte's going to fall. I mean, uh, LaMelo was the shot in the arm. Look at the difference between three and four in these eight-game difference. Yeah. Um, LaMelo was kind of that shot in the arm for them, so I hate I hate that injury. I really fucking hate that injury because Charlotte was such a fun team to watch. Yeah. Um, they so they're, they're going to fall back. Um, I think the Knicks are probably going to land at 500. I think Atlanta is going to continue to surge. I think Miami is going to get better. I really do think Miami is going to get better. Um, but I don't think you're going to see any big shakeup. My problem, I almost think you might see Brooklyn fall. And here's why. I think Brooklyn's playing a really dangerous game right now of like, we're good enough to kind of figure this out. Because you got Kyrie just taking a, in the second half of the year, taking off a week for whatever. And I don't know what he's dealing with, man. It could be very, very serious. But I just think that they're playing a very dangerous game in a season where you already have limited time, limited practice time, limited time to get to know each other. Your Two of your top three players aren't playing. The three of them have played, what, like three games together? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that when you start getting – And they were bad, like, by the way. And they were bad, yeah. So I just think you need to have – I would love for them to have like 20 games together. You know what I'm saying? At least. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, yeah. So you talk about Philly getting better – Milwaukee kind of finding their groove, which again, you bring PJ. Again, these locker room guys matter. 
Bring PJ Tucker into the fold. He's like, yo, we got Giannis. Why are we bullshitting? Yo, we were hammering <laughs> Milwaukee. I, I still worry about them come playoff time, but they're 9-1 yeah. in their last 10. They've been hooping and lately. I like PJ. Might not be doing a ton on the floor. I, I haven't watched them a ton, but, I mean, I'm telling you, you bring that in the locker room, that, that stuff matters. Um, So, yeah, I, I'm worried about Brooklyn. I think Philly, with that move, holds on to the top position. Um, But I think you see the Bulls jump up, you see Indiana fall, and you see Charlotte fall. All right, I like it. Right, Next fuck around and get the fourth seed, man. It's so tight. I mean, they're at the fourth seed. They're only they only have four more uh, wins than the with, Bulls with no talent. He's got Julius. Rand- He's just got a ragtag group. Yeah, he does a ragtag group. <laughs> yeah, he does. Love it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the West then. So we got Utah up top. They're yep. gonna win the West in the regular yeah. season. They are. We have Phoenix, who's been playing. Out of their mind, CP3 has done what he's was set to do for them. Clippers add Rondo. We'll get to the Lakers here. I want to ask you that. And then we got Denver. Denver. Everybody on this list made a move between three and seven, except the Los Angeles Lakers. Does that does that worry you at all? Do AD is hurt. LeBron is fine. I don't care what anybody says. He tweaked his ankle a little bit. He'll be back, no problem, right? But there's guys. They're missing. They're missing their big. They got Trez, but he's not. He's not him and him and Dwight Howard are different. Are you worried about them at all? And did you think that they should have made a move? Are you worried that they didn't? I just don't know. I mean, they're the problems with their roster are the fact that their top two players are out. And there's no move you can make that remedies that. Uh, sure. So if you're making a move that ends up disrupting guys that will help you once those two guys come back, I don't think you make that move. It's kind of like I, just buckle up and wait till guys get back. Yeah. So am I worried about them? Absolutely. Because the health of Anthony Davis is a huge concern to me. Anybody that has these nagging, lingering, they don't really heal up 100% injuries and that can flare up at any time. Um, that really, really, really concerns me. To your point, I'm not concerned about LeBron. He's fine. Um, but yeah, their, their injuries on their top. The one thing that couldn't happen to the Lakers is an injury to AD or LeBron. And you're looking at this situation where you have a potentially injured Anthony Davis, but there was no move that you could make. Yeah. For some of these guys that seem like kind of went for nothing, Lakers could have used Fournier. Yeah. I, the, well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, kinda, I don't know, their offense sucks. I don't know why you don't make a move. For right. Fournier. The offense is brutal. You so could have used Rondo. Yeah. It kind of seems like. Guys that made an impact, like we just talked about in Rondo and Howard, they don't you have. Could have got all the depot. Exactly. Well, well, that's what, this is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Guys that made a big impact, Rondo, Howard, aren't there anymore. You're you're banged up, and you know what? You know what? Being bangs up shows you like how deep you are. Like, can these dudes compete at all? They are yeah. getting blown out every blown night. Blown out. Yep. Like yo, all the Kyle Kuzma style dudes. Shout out Puma, new shoe coming out. He can't carry any water. Trez and those guys can't carry any water. Schroeder's doing his best, but he can't carry any water. It's yeah. almost like, man, I, I mean, I, I know we lean a ton on LeBron, but if I could give up two twos and went and got a guy like Fournier, I don't see why that wouldn't be. It, it's almost like they, in their mind, and it may be true, it may not be, when we're healthy, I don't give a fuck what any of y'all do. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to beat us. And so y'all can move, move and shake and move pieces around, do whatever y'all want. 
but it's not going to matter once we get back. Is is, is, is that is, are you playing with fire? Yeah, if you're thinking like you, that, you are because of AD. I just I'm worried about that AD injury, man. It seems nagging. You know, it was one of those things he thought it was fine, and then all of a sudden it came back up, and you're out for a couple months, like. You know, um, I, I worry about that type of stuff, man. But, like, to their point, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand yeah, how they couldn't get in on a Fournier sweepstakes for sure. Something like, like that, right? So one of those deals that's just like, man, let's try something. Let's add in some offense. If it's going to cost us two twos and, I don't know, KCP or something like that, fine. Um, I think KCP has a, has a secret no trade clause from the Lakers because of clutch. <laughs> but – yeah, um, no, no cap though. No cap. <laughs> someone said <laughs> I saw a tweet took, once. Someone, someone checked the five print on KCP. Someone yeah. said KCP is the property tax that you pay for the LeBron and AD mansion. <laughs> I was like, that's great. That is. Um <laughs> Yeah. Fact. So yeah. <laughs> Yo, Rob. Hey, remember we love when, you. When but, KCP hits you with the seven million? <laughs> Yo, he, he patted his pocket. Shout out KCP. It's all good. Shout out. Salute. Oh my but, God. um, that was we so were, funny. We were killing KCP. <laughs> For um, anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, me and, uh, me and Nick were at the Laker game last year. We sat second row, like off baseline, pretty much courtside. And we were yeah. giving KCP hell. Hell. And he, uh, he got a ball in the corner, missed the jump shot. That was like a TV timeout. And we were essentially calling him a bum, and he said, "Don't worry, I, I'm making seven million per." And he patted his he patted his legs like he was patting his pockets, and he ran off. He quickly reminded us that he makes seven million dollars <laughs> more per year than us. Yes. <laughs> we're like, eh, "I got nothing to say." Yeah, worried. facts. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think you can try to get in on one of these moves. I think you could have tried to get in on the Rondo deal, something like that, to maybe just add a, add a shot in the arm for this team to kind of carry you during the stretch while these guys are out. Um, because you're not getting I think Trez has been a disappointment for them, honestly. I think he needs to be coming out there kicking ass. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem like he's doing that, um, especially in AD's absence. So yeah, I think they are playing a dangerous game, but I think they also know if these guys are healthy, no one's beating us. The landscape has changed a little bit to play a little a, a little devil's advocate with the jazz now. The West is better than they were last year, no? I thought losing Dwight was a Big move for them. Like you, know again, you can talk about him being a clown, but Dwight gave you 15 really, 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 really good minutes. And the small sample size, Dwight Howard was big for them in the playoffs. Um, and again, when AD goes down, like to have say, hey, our backup center is Dwight Howard, just like with Philly right now. Hey, our backup center is Dwight Howard. Yeah, that's fine. He still has something in there. You know, he's not out of shape. We we talk about that all the time. Yeah. Boy ain't out of shape. No, that's that's a fact. Boy, they ain't out of shape at all. So if it's there, it's there. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, they could potentially have some problems, but man, look, man, AD and LeBron come back, man, you're good to go. Yeah, you're good to all go. Right. All right. So what do you think for the shakeup in the West? We got Utah, Utah, Phoenix, the Clips, Lakers, Nuggets, Trailblazers, Mavs, and then the Spurs. Mavs added JJ. Trailblazers added Norman. Nugs add Gordon, which yep. was big. Lakers chill. Clippers add Rondo. F- nothing to say. Nothing. Nothing from Phoenix. Didn't need to it, do anything. Yeah, Utah didn't need to, didn't need anything either. So yeah. you see anything changing too too much, or is or well, is it solidified? Right. This no, I looks- think I think Denver makes a jump. I think Denver is in fifth because of how they started out the season. If you look at how they're playing since, remember they're five hundred. We killed them on the pod since then. I mean they're eight games up. Yeah. So um. I think that Denver probably slides into that fourth or third spot. Like, I would not be surprised if Denver goes on the run and jumps over the Clippers and, and slides into three. I think that Denver will probably jump over the Lakers. I think you find the Lakers in that fifth spot in a very 
not fun first round matchup with the Nuggets. Yeah, that's where it can get kind of spooky depending on how long it takes for, for AD to come back. They fuck around and be the sixth dog. And play the Clippers in the first round. You know what I'm saying? Which like be crazy, yeah. League, <laughs> like league it, shitting themselves. It could it could really get it could really get like that you, with how loaded the West is. You know what you're and you're looking at in the West, you're looking at some really fun even if it shook out like this, you're looking at a very fun first round. San Antonio versus Utah. Look, Utah is infinitely better and absolutely gonna win that series. But San Antonio's not a laydown. It'll be fun. Yeah. Right? You look at uh go, pull that back up. My fault, yeah. You look at two seven. Phoenix versus Dallas, sign me up. Clippers right. versus Mavs, sign me up. Right? Yep. Lakers versus Nuggets, sign me up. And <laughs> like all those are fun. Yep. Every single matchup on there is fun. Like the only one that's ass kicking is the Jazz and the Spurs, but at least the Spurs will keep it interesting. You know what I mean? There'll be some good coaching going on there. Like it's it is open out west. Anything I think can happen out west. And the uh, playoff, yeah. I think we're disrespecting Phoenix. Dude, I think Dallas is whack. Dallas is uh, whack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, so like, you series. know what I'm saying? But I, I, I get what you're saying. Like one through six. They're fun. A lot, a lot of, a lot of shit can happen, especially we talked about this multiple times. As fun as it is to have LeBron and those guys, like the easier the route, the better. You don't want to have to go bang. back to that real quick. One more time. Sorry. Yeah. No good. You're all good. You don't, we don't, you don't want to have to bang with uh Denver, then bang with the Clippers and bang with Utah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let, uh, let me get an easy series out here. Look at Portland's P- Portland gives up 116 points a game. They have oh, a negative, they have a negative point differential. <laughs> Yo, that, that's actually crazy. That's actually <laughs> There's crazy. top six. In the, yeah. See, double down on offense, man. We ain't stopping nobody anyways. <laughs> Every and then this is the ta- the same tale of that is how wishy washy New Orleans is. Yeah. They have a positive point differential and they oh, awful. They're five games. I, I, five I don't think. I don't think. I'm not worried about them. Yeah. No. Not at all. Right. So, how is New Orleans worse than Sacramento, who has historically, I think Sacramento has the worst defense in NBA history. They give 119 points a game. Yeah. Though that uh that play in <laughs> the play in tournament in the West is going to be sick. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to have – you're going to see Ja. You're going to see Steph. Steph. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Steph was can... nothing to lose. Can you imagine just renegade Steph in the playoff <laughs> tournament? Yo, Steph. Renegade Steve Nash. Just like, yeah, Steph is shooting the ball 40 times a game. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, Steph, <laughs> Steph with nothing to lose is crazy. It's going to be great. Yeah, shout don't out Don't let Xander. them get in. Don't let them get in. Yeah, shout out Xander. He said it's wide open. Chris Paul is going to be a problem in the playoffs. I agree. Yo, man. Shout out Xander. Yeah, shout out Xander on the on the Salute. on the two. Yeah, so <laughs> I agree. I agree, man. He's going to be a problem in the playoffs. Xander's out there in Nuggets territory, man. He knows what's up, dude. The NBA is yeah. Dude, get me to the play-in tournament. And I'm so excited. man. I, I'm excited to see how it shakes off off of 72 games and not in a bubble, but. This might be here to stay. That, Yo, that well, I was going to say, they had their desired effect from the playoff tournament. You don't have teams tanking, yep. right, which is something that they wanted to get rid of. And you have teams that are in the bottom half of the playoff picture. Like, you know, your five through eights, five through nines, making moves to get better. For sure. Everybody fully believes that it's wide open. I'm mean, that, that flurry of activity that you saw at the trade deadline, whether it's team at the top adding a little tweak because they're worried about the guys behind them or teams that are behind those guys adding a little tweak because they want to get to the top. This is what you want. The NBA 100% got their intended outcome from leaving this playoff thing, uh, playing tournament out there. There is not a team out there that's tanking. You have teams that suck, but 
no one is out there actively <laughs> taking. Like Minnesota, yeah. they should be taking, but they're not. But they're giving the ball to, to Ant, and it's all going to be all good. So we're ready for that, too. Yeah, man. I agree 100%. We'll leave it there, man. NBA is, is, is really heating up. Happy Friday to everybody listening. Shout out to everybody in the comments, man. Xander, CF, CFMK Khalid. Khalid. My boy Ant, man. Me and Ant got something coming on the way, too. Shout out Cody P, of course. Ramon Medina Jr. And uh, our guy, Drew Castillo. Seamus. Seamus, yeah, the Zach Levine's number one fan, Seamus. Yeah, man. Shout out, uh, shout out all the guys rocking with us in the comments, listening, watching on YouTube. For Big Nick the Quick, we'll be back Tuesday. Make sure you lock in. We'll be talking NFL, NBA, mostly. You already know how we get down. For Big Nick the Quick, I am your host, Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. Tell the homies, tell a friend. No catch on Sports Talk via Chicago. Enjoy your weekend. We out of here.